Coming up, Nate Conroy joins me as we try to fix the IU basketball situation. Talk about Archie Miller, what went wrong. We vet out all of the coaching candidates, at least publicly, the ones that have been discussed. Uh, what each one could bring to the table and the likelihood that each might end up with IU. Um, we go deep into that for about 20, 25 minutes. And then finally, we talk about the NCAA tournament uh, that starts Friday. We go region by region. We give you a couple games we like, a couple lines um, that are interesting to us, dark horse picks, upset picks, our, our final four, and our champion. This is a good one to listen to if you're interested in the tournament. Welcome to Your Best Bet. It is the second NCAA tournament show of the week for us. Uh, joining me tonight is a very, very special guest. The last time he was on, we were discussing the Los Angeles Rams and, and, and the playoffs, and, and that didn't turn out great. Uh, but um, they still got there, and they put up a good fight. And uh, that seemed like ages ago, but Nathan Conroy is with us. Uh, Mr. Conroy, how are you tonight? I am very well, uh, Mr. Miller. Uh, a pleasure, as always, uh, to be with you. Uh, and real quick, uh, are, are you happy with the direction the Rams went after the season with the Matt Stafford trade? Um, I'll, I'll say yes in that I think we needed, um, we needed something different. We needed a shakeup. Now, I don't know if this is the right fix, um, but it, it's, it's a pretty bold statement. We'll say that. And uh, – I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm definitely excited for uh, for football season. I'm really interested in the Rams' strategy of uh, the last couple of years of basically throwing away the draft and <laughs> resorting to uh, free agency. Now, I guess not throwing away the draft, but throwing away first rounders um, and and really just uh, kind of going the free agency route. I'm I'm very interested to see how that plays out for them. They should. You know, at least be in the mix. You would think uh, in their division once again. Um, I, I like their chances better than my team at this point, and where we're in a road to nowhere, and this road is never ending. It appears as uh, we just got Andy Dalton. I don't want to give too much away because uh, Tim and I are going to do a little bit of a uh, a pod maybe next week, two weeks from now on this this whole mess of a bear situation. But uh, I, I I like where the Rams are more than the Bears. Let's we'll just say that. Well, that, yeah, that's good. That that's uh, that that that's a good place to be. Being being a Rams fan, I'm, yeah, um, yeah. So let's talk about uh, a team that we're before we get to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about a, a, our our college team that we've both been a fan of since since we were born, and uh, yep. that's that's the Indiana Hoosiers, who are uh, who have been in I guess their own mediocrity for quite a while, and. Uh, we're at a we're at a place that we've been very familiar at for with for for a while, and uh, we've we've just fired our fourth coach since Bob Knight. Uh, Archie Miller lasted four years, and it's 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 unfortunate to be in this spot because I think all of us four years ago thought that this was going to be a new start, and we I think a lot of 
IU fans felt optimistic that this was the guy. It, he did a, a lot of great things at Dayton. He got Dayton to the Elite Eight. Uh, his team's really tough-minded, solid defensively, and just played basketball with the right way with probably less talent than the teams they were playing against. Um, so him going 67 and 58 in four years and not making an NCAA tournament, including going 12 and 15 this year was something I didn't foresee. And I'm sure you didn't as well. So before we get into what's next, um, your thoughts on the Archie era and what went wrong? Well, um, I, I, I agree with everything you said. There was a lot of optimism and unfortunately, you know, here we are four years later and we're just kind of seeming to have the same conversation. You know, I just feel like we're back to square one where we were, you know, mm-hmm. when we got rid of Tom Green. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've just been we've just been spinning our wheels, so to speak, um, for a number of years. Um, yes. In terms of on the floor, um, from a defensive perspective, I know he was a, he, he was a pack line guy. They had a real hard time defending the three, gave up a, a, a very high percentage of opposing three-point field goal percentage. Uh, so wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, on the offensive end of the floor, struggle, 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 struggle. Very, very vanilla. Um, it just it just seemed like threw it into the post to mm-hmm. Trace Jackson Davis, and if he didn't have anything, mm-hmm. um, then you'd throw it out and – we definitely didn't want the ball going out because it wasn't going to go in the basket very often. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, so struggled to shoot. You know, Trace Jackson Davis is obviously the go-to on the offensive end, but he, let's be honest, is pretty limited because he can only use the left side of his body. Um, he didn't go right very often. Doesn't really have that great of a jump shot. Uh, not surrounding him with shooters of any consistency. Uh, right. I think it was Sasha, Sasha Stefanovic from Purdue had the quote or was interviewed about when the last time they played him and he just said, you know, we knew every play they were running. We knew every play that they were running. Uh, yeah. Offensively, uh, very, very difficult to watch. I was just stunned um, that uh, as far as the season goes, uh, you know, of all the teams to beat, they beat Iowa twice, yeah. uh, which is just yeah. crazy, crazy outliers. Um, but yeah, just like I said, spinning our wheels, Back to square one. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm sure you and I are going to come up with some uh, some solution here pretty shortly. I think after the the, the road win at Iowa, uh, I, I fairly early in the Big Ten season, I think I think I felt optimistic that that was going to turn things around, and they found something because that was a game they really played well offensively. Um, but you're right; it was it was it was a huge struggle bus the whole the whole tenure of Archie's. Archie's tenure offensively, it was it was hard to score, and there was no Jordan Halls on this team. There was no Matt Roth, um, you know, guys that could really stretch the floor and make things easier on on a guy like Trace Jackson Davis. When really, you just had to pack the paint, and uh, like you said, his limitations shown through. I can't think of a player more polarizing in the IU or in my time as an IU fan that averaged you know a double double or. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he actually averaged a double-double, but pretty much a double-double machine that was more disliked by IU fans. I mean, at least people that I was around was just weren't a fan of his game. Um, I kind of stood up for him because he was the only offensive option they had for the last two seasons. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I think lack of shooting, and I don't know if that's a recruiting thing or a lack of development um, once they got to IU – but I think in today's 
game, just modern basketball, you gotta got you gotta have a couple shooters to stretch the floor. Um, defensively, you mentioned you had some great points, uh, and also just the the stats backed it up from the time Archie got there year one when they were a pretty solid defensive team to now they actually regressed each year um, statistically. Um, so you didn't see any progression. And, and, you know, as far as the team, you know, sort of adopting to his system, it, it just got a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And here we are. And I'm it's it's frustrating, but I was glad they made the move. And I was I was I was surprised. I thought they'd wait because of the buyout. Now, of course, we, we got the information on the generous booster, um, uh, maybe Mark Cuban. I don't know. Um that helps with the buyout situation. And uh, so here we are, uh, I guess, basically 20, 20 plus years after Bob Knight, we're still looking for the guy. So my question is of, of there, there's been a lot of uh, already, you know, a lot of rumors, uh, a lot of, um, you know, suggested replacements here for Archie. Um, I, I think the, the white whale uh, of this situation is Brad Stevens, is it not? Oh yeah, Wait, yeah, for sure. Um, resume alone. Uh, well, first of all, he, he's an he's a he's an Indiana guy, so he gets you know he understands the state and understand what basketball means. Um, everything he did at Butler, back to back national title appearances. Um, you know, today I think I read he came out and said, you know, I'm I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I'm flattered that they're thinking of me, um, but at least the indication is when you read that that he's staying put um but your your white whale analogy is uh <laughs> it, it, it's pretty it's pretty good uh he would be uh he would be a huge a huge catch if um if he does decide to make that transition back to the college game the the argument for that potentially happening is he he seems to have hit a wall with the Celtics. Um, you know he's done a lot of great things, got gotten them to a couple of Eastern Conference Finals, um, but uh, with all the talent they've got there, they have struggled this season. Um, you wonder if maybe he's gotten an itch to you know, I guess you know investigate this situation a little further. I know the press conference before their game last night, I, I watched a two minute clip and it, it, this is maybe wishful thinking. It could be, but it, I didn't get the vibe of a guy that was loving it. Um, his current situation. Um, and he spoke very fondly of, of just Indiana as a basketball state I mentioned his family still lives here. Um, I, I don't think that's an impossible situation. And I, I know Rick Patino came out and said, that's the guy they need to go get, you know, back up the Brinks truck and, and, you know, don't let him say no. Um, aside from, from, you know, that being the obvious situation that I, every IU fan would, would love. Is there a guy that you think, or I guess in, in your opinion would be next best? Um, well, you know, you can go online, you can search the rumor mill, you know, a lot of different things. Um, I'm going to give you a couple that um, that I've seen and maybe one that's kind of off the radar, a, kind of a wild card, we'll say. Mm, I like uh, that. But um, one guy that's kind of uh, up and coming, I've been reading about him here lately, um, is the coach at Alabama, Nate Oates. 
Uh, was at Buffalo, did a great job there. I think he's been at Alabama for two years now. Um, turned them around, got them a two seed this year. And I think he's pretty young. So that would be uh, somebody with a lot of energy um, to, to bring aboard. You know, you hear uh, Chris Beard from Texas Tech. I kind of like his style, kind of his fiery, no nonsense nature. Uh, uh, worked under Bob Knight ages and ages ago as an assistant. So I think he would be good as well. Um, Kind of a long shot. I was reading about uh, Scott Drew from Baylor, um, ties to the state. Uh, But he's been uh, entrenched, I think, at Baylor for close to 20 years and really done a 180 with that program. Um, Dane Fife, you know, that that, (laughs) has... Dave Fife's got Division One coaching experience, albeit uh, at what is you know, formerly known as IPFW. Uh, but he's been soaking it up like a sponge from uh, Tom Izzo for all these years. Um, so you know, maybe, you know, as a former you know night guy, maybe that's one. But um, the one that's kind of outside the box. Um, I was talking to some of my colleagues today at work, uh, and I'm interested to know your take as well as all the other ones. Um, former IU player, uh, played in the NBA, worked at Indiana, I believe is in player development, and was an assistant coach uh, at St. Louis University about five years ago, is Calvert Calvert Chaney. Um, Maybe he would be a guy, kind of like a Patrick Ewing, so to speak, that, you know, was an assistant, finally gets a head coaching gig, and... um, you know, who knows? Hmm. You know, the fr- fresh face. Who knows? I, d- I didn't. I thought you're going. Uh, I thought you're going to go down the Keith Smart uh, road. Uh, no, so. but that's but that's good too. <laughs> um, who's who's got NBA coaching experience? IU ties, um, and, and I I don't know if the past IU player IU ties is critical. I you know I can see both sides to it. Um, Cheney is an interesting one. Uh, his lack of head coaching experience would, I guess, concern me, but I, it's not, it's not an impossible situation. I mean, you look at someone like Jawan Howard, he's done a great job with Michigan. Um, I want to go back to Nate Oates real quick. That's, that's the first guy that I thought of when, uh, I heard Archie was fired and I started looking up his contract situation immediately. Of course he just signed an extension. Um, (laughs) why wouldn't he? Because, they're 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 modern basketball. They shoot a lot of threes. They get to the free throw line and they are exclusively in the paint. You don't see them shooting 15, 16, 17 foot two point shots. It's just the way they play. But um, so his buyout's at twelve million dollars. He just came out today and said that he has. I want to I want to quote him. No interest in that job. <laughs> so I said, okay, all right, Nate Oates, I got you. Um, um, so he he seems to be pretty settled there. He talked about he loves being in Alabama. They gave him a chance, so he wants to work with them. So uh, the Beard situation at Texas Tech, I believe he has a, a pretty decent buyout as well. And I, I'm wondering now if that's not even a big deal, uh, <laughs> I mean, with, with what happened with Archie. Um, 
the the Scott Drew situation is pretty interesting because he has literally built that program from ruins with right. uh, all the turmoil they had in the early two thousands. From what I've under I've, I'm, I've understood, he's not real well liked in the coaching ranks. There was a lot of stuff that went down with um, recruiting um, in the state of Indiana when he was uh, with Valpo. Mm. Um, so I but I mean you have to you have to investigate that. Um, my question is, do you think that they've uh, Scott Dolson, the, the, the AD, that he's already it sounds like they're, they've might have already been on the trail of someone. And maybe that's why they were willing to pull the pull the trigger on Archie, do the buyout. Do you think that's possible? Oh, yeah, most definitely. The, the way this whole thing has kind of played out so far, you know, you obviously got somebody footing the bill for the buyout. Uh, it sounds like they've got people to foot the bill. Uh, for this new coach, whoever it he uh, whoever it's going to be, um, yeah. Uh, the fact that it sounds like they're not hiring one of those firms or search groups to to do that, uh, yeah. I, I would say the list is uh, very short. If maybe it's it might might only be a list of one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoever it is, um, you know this this IU's got to get this right. Uh, they got to get this hire. They got to nail the hire. Um, I, I think personally, and I'm sure you share the same feeling. Just it's a lot of frustration seeing them mired in the bottom half of the Big Ten the last couple of years. Um, seeing them struggle against you know usual you know I guess programs that normally are struggling. Like I immediately think of Rutgers <laughs> always, and um, you know it, I I think we just we're not necessarily expecting an NCAA championship in year two or, or anything, but I think we want to see them, you know, get back to the top of the big 10, at least in, in, in the mix for big 10 championships, um, you know, regularly make the NCAA tournament and uh, you know, really build the program and, and get some momentum going maybe four or five years down the road. I I've, I've read a lot lately about IU fans being a little bit delusional, stuck in the past and, and all that may be true. Um, I think there's a huge similarity between IU basketball and a program like Michigan football or Tennessee football, where, you know, a lot of uh, glory in like the nineties, even maybe the eighties, and they're in a position now where they're still trying to reach that, but for whatever reason, they can't get back to where they used to be. And the fan base is still, I guess, a, a rabid fan base that is that they, they put themselves on a pedestal. But the problem is, is, is maybe, you know, this generation of kids has never known IU to be a power. Um, I mean, the, the, I guess the last time, IU was really relevant on the national stage was during the Korean era when, you know, they reached number one, um, I guess the 2012, 2013 season um, when they were number one seed. And of course, you know, lost to Syracuse in the sweet 16. But um, I mean, that could that be the case as, as recruiting these kids now they're, they're not as interested in IU as they were 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. First of all, um, your, your mention there of the Korean uh, mm -hmm. and, the, and the number one seed. Uh, you know, you. I remember the game with with the, the Christian Watford shot, and you know, we're back. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't now. Here we are, almost ten years later. We maybe we didn't really appreciate how good we had it back then, because um, we were a number one seed, and we had in state. You know, we had Yogi Ferrell, and we had Zeller. We had a really, really, really 
good team. And maybe the expectations 10 years ago were, were too high. Um, your point about the recruits now, you know, no, nobody, you know, 1987, you know, kids today, they, they have no, no knowledge of that. I mean, you know, they see the banners hanging up there, but uh, your analogies were great. I, I heard somebody, I forget who it was on sports radio the other day. You mentioned uh, football. Somebody mentioned Nebraska football. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when's the last time they've been the powerhouse that they used to be? Or like you said, with, with Tennessee. Okay, I yeah. think that's a very, very, very good uh, good example there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually think the Crean era is, is underrated from where he picked up the program where, where Samson left it and, and got them to be the top team in the country for a long stretch of that season and uh, a lot of exciting moments. And you know what? At least at least they could score the basketball. <laughs> they played really good offense. Um, of course, defensively, in-game adjustments were, were not a crane strength, but I think his recruiting was pretty spot on. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the caliber of players that a- ended up in the NBA, the uh, you know, the Oladipos, the Zellers, uh, Thomas Bryant. Um, I mean, there was a lot of talent on those teams. So I, I think, I think in a way, Crean was uh, overlooked a little bit, and we focused on the deficiencies of the team. And it's always one of those things where you think the grass is greener, and and maybe it wasn't in that situation. And I'm not saying they should have kept him. I, I understand the thought to move on, but. Um, it's it's tough to look back now and think, oh, you know, maybe maybe things weren't so bad. Um, you know, whatever happens, I think we both agree that this is this is the most critical hire that they've had. Um, I probably said that the last time um, and the time before that, but this time it just it just feels like this. If this program's ever gonna get back on track, they got they got to hit this one. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, Nathan, we do have the NCAA tournament. In two days, um, actually tomorrow night, the playing games, but uh, round one will start Friday. And uh, I can't think of uh, a more anticipated NCAA tournament than this year's based on, you know, last year's being canceled. And um, so much anticipation this year. And it's so unique with, you know, the entire tournament being played in our state. Um, I want to ask you your thoughts on, I, I guess, with, travel being minimized does that favor any certain team or does that favor the underdog or the favorite in your mind or is this does that really just kind of have no bearing on the outcomes of these games oh um you know i'll say yes and no um i i i think when it comes to tournament time you know i I think of a few things to make you successful number one you got to play defense uh number two uh you have to have a backcourt guards that are going to touch the ball every time down the floor, that are going to handle the pressure, make the right decision, push when you need to push, get a set when you need to get a set, just get your team in the flow of the game. So teams that have been there and have experience, uh, and number two, good guard play, I think goes a long way uh, in the tournament. You know, you'd like to think that some of the games being at Mackey and being at Assembly Hall – Maybe a Big Ten squad would have a slight advantage having played in those arenas before. Um, and obviously, you'd, you'd like to see the Big Ten do well um, this time of year. Um, so I don't know. I guess time will tell. Let's, uh, let's, let's break it down a little bit. And uh, I want to talk about maybe a couple of, of teams you'd really like to move on uh, in the first round. And, and we'll even talk about uh, a couple of games with the spread and and, and – 
you know, so on. Uh, starting out in the West region, uh, obviously Gonzaga being the top seed, um, you know, Iowa is is out there, and uh, it would be interesting to see those two teams meet in the regional final because they they played early in the season. Of course, a high scoring game. Um, there's there's a couple interesting matchups there. Is there a certain t- uh, first round game that you like as a lock, or maybe someone to to cover the spread? Uh, what you got out there? Um, as I look kind of up and down the West region, um, a few things stand out to me. Number one, you got Virginia. Uh, and as far as I can tell, they're still the defending champs. Is that correct? Uh, that would be correct, yes. Okay, so it's, it's got to go through them, um, and, and I see them play, meeting Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Um, I, for one, am not an Iowa fan. You mentioned them earlier. Yeah, they can score. They got Luca Garza. They got shooters. Their defense is awful. They give up a bazillion points. Uh, yes. So I personally am not high um on iowa uh as far as matchups uh in the first round the one that i kind of had circled against against the spread anyway uh was the 314 which is kansas and eastern washington um i think kansas is, <laughs> is going to wax them the the, la- the line i saw i think was 10 and a half uh that there's you know quality of opponent the big talent disparity i think mm-hmm. kansas covers that um Pretty, uh, pretty significantly. The other one I'd like to see uh, is one of the play-in. If Drake, I, I love that Drake Wichita State. That's kind of the yeah. well. I guess that's the old Missouri Valley matchup. Now that Wichita State is out, I, I, I like Drake winning. But then I, I could see Drake giving USC some difficulty uh, in that first round as well. That I do like that that playing game uh, tomorrow night. Actually, I think both playing games would be pretty interesting. Uh, I do like Michigan State tomorrow night, but uh, out west there, I I like. Um, you mentioned Virginia. Um, I I have I have some concerns with the all of the um, I guess the COVID situation that has hit them with them withdrawing out of the ACT ACC tournament. Um, you know, sort of late getting into all this. I think they win, but I'm I'm going to take the Ohio Bobcats to cover. Um, uh, that line is going off. I just had it here um, at seven and a half. Um, I'm going to take Virginia to win, but Ohio to cover the seven and a half. Uh, and, and that's just based off of uh, Virginia, I think, coming out with a little rust. Ohio was not great during the MAC season, but they really caught fire. Um, they've won nine of 10. Um, they're averaging over 80 a game. I could see them making that a close game. And I am also with you. On Iowa, I could see a second-round exit with them against, uh, I think, a pretty good Oregon team. Um, but I, I think, uh, and I talked about it with Colin on Sunday night, I think this region is, is sets up pretty well for Gonzaga. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I had uh, Gonzaga getting all the way through uh, over, over Kansas in the Elite Eight. Yeah, like I, I was with you, uh, Iowa losing to Oregon. I know Oregon lost in the Pac-12 uh, tournament, uh, but I'm I'm kind of high on them and not very high on Iowa. I'm not like I said, not an Iowa fan. So I had uh, Gonzaga advancing over Kansas to get in the Final Four. Doesn't Luca Garza just look like an Iowa player? I I, I just don't like looking at him. <laughs> you remember you remember Jess Settles, right? 
who could forget? <laughs> he's got that. He's got that Iowa face. You know, it's just <laughs> it, it's there's just some Iowa guys in the last twenty years that just have that face, and Gars is one of them. But uh, uh, I, I I'm an, I, I want the Big Ten to do well. I want them to win a national championship, but I don't know if I can root for Iowa to do it. Um, moving to the South Region, uh, Baylor being the top seed there. Um, uh, Ohio State, who I am very high on, and uh, as a two seed, um, and then uh, there's there's I think there's some interesting matchups. There's some interesting ma- uh, upset potential in this region. Um, give me a couple thoughts on this region. Okay, I'm uh, just kind of going through it here. I like uh, we mentioned the Big Ten, the eight nine, the North Carolina Wisconsin matchup. I think that's going to be. A uh, bit of a contrast of style, so I think that's a fun matchup. Uh, the five twelve with Villanova. Villanova's been hit hard with the injury bug. That's uh, the one. That's my. Colin, that, yeah. yeah, Colin Gillespie's been injured. They have another. I, the night. The second name escapes me, but they got the injury bug bad. Um, I like Purdue in the first. Uh, the first match, uh, maybe even to get into the Sweet Sixteen. There, um, Arkansas is pretty good with. IU transfer Justin Smith, and on a side note, uh, <laughs> the I heard uh, in terms of the IU coaching, I heard Eric Musselman's name oh, maybe yeah. bandied yeah. about as well, and I think that would be not too shabby. Um, I, I, I forgot about Musselman. Yeah, completely forgot. But I, I have, I have seen that rumor quite a bit. Um, uh, a guy that was really good at Nevada. He's he's revived this Arkansas program out of, I mean, the doldrums. Um, so yeah, you can continue on. I just I want to mention I like I like that idea as well. That that could be a that could be a possibility. Um, the other one uh, I like Ohio State too, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, Summit League champ hmm. Oral Roberts, uh, <laughs> the Golden Eagles. The they have, if you did not know, I believe, and you'd have to check, they have the nation's leading scorer on that squad in all of NCAA Division One. Uh, he's shooting like 43% from threes, something ridiculous. Um, so that may be a little bit of difficulty uh, for the Buckeyes. I, I think Ohio State will win, but I don't think it's going to be uh, necessarily um, a cakewalk. Um, <laughs> as far as the spread, like I said, Baylor's going to roll. Uh, and I think Arkansas, I think their spread was like eight and a half over Colgate. Uh, I kind of like those two as far as against the spread, Baylor and Arkansas. Uh, Joe Lenardi of ESPN picked Oral Roberts to to upset Ohio State. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get the sense, not a Lenardi guy. Um, well, yeah, well, whatever, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you are correct. Uh, you did your homework. Max Abmus is uh, the leading scorer in the nation at about 25 a game. Um, Ohio State favored by 15 and a half. Um, so it sounds like you might, you might like Oral Roberts to at least make that an interesting game. Yep. Um, I, I did not, that was not on my radar. I'll be honest. Um, I, I love, I love the Winthrop over Nova. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with just Nova, the injury, uh, to Glepsy and, uh, they've really been struggling to score the basketball. Winthrop is a good team. Um, I, I'll definitely take the six and a half and, Plus two thirty five on the money line. Uh, if you want to, you want to throw a upset pick out there. Uh, I think that one has a real shot. Uh, I love Purdue. I hate to say it. I love Purdue in that first round game to uh, cover seven and a half against North Texas. Um, 
Uh, I really love what Travion Williams has been doing inside. I think he could, I mean, get out of a monster game there against uh, a team I, I don't expect has played the co- kind of competition that Purdue has. Arkansas Colgate should be a track meet. The over-under on that one is around 160. Um, so you can see a, a huge number there. Um, in this region, I, I still I still like Ohio State getting out if they can get if they can squeak by Oral Roberts. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think I think a potential Sweet Sixteen matchup with either Arkansas or Texas Tech would be would be interesting and challenging. But um, I, I I think Colin and I both agree that a Baylor Ohio State regional final could be the potentially the best regional final of any region. Uh, be interesting to see how that one plays out as well. Uh, let's move to the East region. Uh, of course, we have the Michigan Wolverines who are coming in uh, in, injured with uh, Isaiah Livers being uh, with, with a, I guess, a stress fracture, and he is probably going to miss the tournament. I know it's not a definite thing, but I, I think that would be hard for him to come back and play on. Um, I, I think, in my opinion, one of the best first-round games that I've kind of seen and looked at is LSU St. Bonaventure, the 8-9 game. Uh, LSU, I, I talked about this the other night, uh, they can score, they get up and down the floor, but St. Bonaventure is a good team um, in the A-10. I, I, I watched them a couple times randomly, of course, this season, but um, I think that's going to be a heck of a heck of a good game. Um, and then I also uh, – Colin loved UConn. I actually like Maryland to win that game. Um, I think Maryland's underrated. They had the defensive player of the year. Um, but in this region, Bama's my pick. I love Bama. I love Nate Oates. I just wish he was coming to IU. Yeah. Um, I, I would uh, second the uh, the 8 9 LSU St. Bonaventure. Um, yeah, St. Bonaventure is a good basketball team. Uh, they they gave VCU well they and VCU were in the A10 final last weekend and LSU gets up and down the floor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Christian Watford's Watford's brother play for LSU? Yes, yes. Tr- Trenton, Trenton. Yeah, yeah. Um, continuing down, uh, Florida State uh, played well in the ACC tournament. Um, you cannot sleep. I, I tell you what, if Michigan State wins their playing game. I like him over BYU myself. But Tom Izzo in the tournament, uh, and they were playing well at the end of the year. I could see them winning, you know, beating UCLA, BYU, and I. And I really, to be honest with you, I'm not a big Texas fan, and Shaka Smart, so I wouldn't be shocked if they get all the way to the Sweet 16. To be honest with you, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, your UConn Maryland, I'll break the tie. I I I, I like Maryland in that game. Uh, big Alabama fan. I hope I, – I have never been a big Rick Pitino fan, so uh, I hope Alabama just beats the pants off Iona, uh, just runs it up, like really runs it up. Um, but I think, I think they could. Oh, yeah, and they should, to be honest with you. They should. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> the Michigan injury, um, I see him getting to the Sweet 16. If they would get by Florida State – uh, and get in the Elite Eight, um, I, I think Alabama's going to be too much. Um, you know, I, say, I like Michigan. Their point guard, that senior transfer, uh, the big guy that Dickinson inside is a load, but he's a freshman. Uh, yeah, Alabama's been pretty 
pretty solid all year, a, a very complete team. Um, so, yeah, I, I got Alabama coming out of the East. Underrated defensive team as well. Um, so I think I think they're a pr- pretty complete team. Um, I, I love I love them to win that Iona game uh, potentially. The, the, the line's 16 and a half, but I think they could cover that pretty easily. This is a team that routinely scores in the mid-80s. Um, Iona caught a little bit of fire at the end of the season, um, but I, I can't see that. I uh, can't see them being competitive for very long in that game. Um, so we both like Alabama out of the East. And finally in the Midwest, uh, the team that is playing arguably the best basketball in the country, Illinois. Uh, I think they got a tough draw myself. I really do. I think it's starting with that second round game, potentially with Loyola or Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech coming off the ACC tournament win. Loyola being the best defensive team in the country. Uh, let's just say the, the 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 committee didn't do him any favors. Uh, they really didn't. Um, uh, I, I think, and then if they get to the Sweet 16, I think Tennessee and Oklahoma State are very capable teams. Uh, Oklahoma State, obviously, with Cade Cunningham. We talked about him on Sunday night. Um, he might... He might be capable of a Carmelo Anthony-like run in this tournament. I'm not hugely high on him as as the potential top pick, but uh, you know you've seen this before with with a player kind of putting team on his back. See if he has the see if he's able to do so. The bottom of that bracket, Houston is rates out extremely well. Um, I've seen a lot of of sort of these Sagarin ratings, power ratings that rank them second or third best team in the country. Um, Houston might be the most overlooked team in this tournament. Your thoughts on this region? Yeah, I um, yeah, looking up and down the region here, uh, Illinois, one of the hottest teams in the nation coming down the stretch. Um, guard play with the guy I can't even say his name, Io Desumu, the face shield yes. guy. Yes, uh, they got Kofi Cobert inside, who is a load um, for short stretches, obviously. Um, and they still have, is it Tim Frazier, Trent Frazier, that guard? Yeah, Seems Trent. Like he's, yes. he's like 20, 25 years old. He's been there forever. Yes. Uh, so guard play in the inside. So Illinois solid. But you're right. Um, if they get whoever they're going to face in round two is not going to be easy. Um, I had him playing Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16. And then you go to the bottom half of that bracket. Some interesting matchups. San Diego State, I like. They're in the tournament almost every year, but then they – Place Syracuse, who's down a little bit this year, but they play that two-three zone, which is always a tough matchup. Um, I personally would like to see uh, Rutgers, just from a Big Ten perspective, because they haven't been in in forever, um, and I think they'll line, I think they're actually favored to beat Clemson. Um, Houston's going to should win, although Cleveland State's a game uh, a game uh, team out of the Horizon. Shout out to the Horizon there, uh, but yeah, I've got uh, Houston. And uh, Illinois in the uh, Elite Eight, and then just I think that the Big Ten in me uh, has Illinois winning that game. But either one of those, uh, I would be comfortable putting in the Final Four. Yeah, I I, I feel like this should be a Illinois Houston regional final. Um, I I think. Illinois, like we said, I, I I really feel like they might have a grinded out game in the Sweet Sixteen if they, you know, assuming they get there. Um, my my potential upset pick I mentioned the other night, Moorhead State over West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like them to cover the thirteen. Um, 
they they have a a really good big guy at Moorhead. Um, I West Virginia to me is a tad overseeded, and um, and may, maybe it's the Bob Huggins thing. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, you, but you said it. You said it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the way you feel about Rick Pitino. I don't know. Could be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that one has potential. Um, I, I there's not a lot of other potential upsets and I, I don't even I wouldn't even consider Rutgers over Clemson to upset in that that region but I have Illinois getting out there um so so I guess what what is your actual final four prediction Nathan uh my final four if we go through them and I'll try and go through them in the same order I if, if I can remember here I start I believe we started in the west yep and I have uh Gonzaga coming out of the west um, in the South, I believe he went next to the South. Um, I'm actually going, uh, chalky again. I'm picking Baylor to squeak one out over Ohio state. Um, Alabama, we said, uh, to beat Michigan if Michigan beats uh, Florida state, but Alabama to come out of the East, um, and then Illinois to, uh, to come out of the Midwest. Okay. That's, it's very similar to what I have, except I have Ohio state beating Baylor um so i would love to see um i would love to see I, oh, the bracket i'm looking at is it the what the west and the south play it it is the west which would be gonzaga uh yeah. plays the east which would be alabama okay i was going to say it would be nice to to get to um an all big 10 final but uh, it's highly unlikely. But uh, uh, so, who's your pick to win it all? Well, let me say this first. And being an Indiana fan, maybe you can appreciate this. I, you know, I like Gonzaga. I like Mark Few. Great program. I think he's a heck of a coach. I don't want them to win. I hmm. don't want them to win just hmm. because, for for the sake of Indiana, you know, they're the last regular. Yeah, just to preserve that record. The 1976 last undefeated team. Uh, <laughs> That's all we I'm got. <laughs> now, yeah, call me selfish, whatever, but I don't want them to. I think it was Kentucky a number of years ago. Yes. Got to the final four, I believe, and then Wisconsin beat them. Yep. Um, Frank Kaminsky. Yes, right. And I was very happy about that. Um, so for that reason, I, I actually have Gonzaga getting to the final, but I'm hoping we see the matchup that we did not get to see early in the year because of COVID, which is Gonzaga um, and Baylor. Mm. Uh, that was the one versus two yeah. that was postponed. It was supposed to be in Indianapolis, right. and and we, that was robbed from us. So that's my matchup. And like I said, uh, that's going to be one whale of a game. And uh, for the reason I stated earlier, I do not want Gonzaga to win, even though they very well could. Uh, but I'm going to. Maybe uh, maybe not to pick that's uh, very popular, but I'm going to go with uh, Baylor, and so so maybe you know Baylor Baylor wins, and Scott Drew is you know goes out, and and then comes Indiana in in a perfect in a perfect world. When when Crean was fired, Mark Few was strongly um, a strong consideration, or at least in the rumor mill, he was uh, you know one of the guys that Indiana was was really pursuing. So I I wonder if sort of maybe under the radar could mark few be a potential iu candidate may you know maybe i don't know but i 
you, you, you're right in that we haven't heard a peep. We have not heard once. You haven't, I, I haven't heard his name mentioned one time. Um, so I, I don't know. I, that thought really hadn't crossed my mind because you're right. The last time he was on that short list. Uh, yeah, Gonzaga is they're due they're due to win a championship i very much believe in this theory if you get yourself there enough in the mix it's eventually going to happen it's like it's like golfers and you know with golf tournaments you you're in the top five enough top 10 enough eventually it's just you're, you're gonna it's gonna happen but i don't think i don't think Gonzaga is gonna get it done this year i don't i don't I, it's just a gut feeling i'm gonna i'm gonna go with illinois i i'm gonna ride the hot hand uh based the way they've been playing the last six weeks um, the inside out outside game they've been battle tested unlike any other team um they got the guard play uh Cokeburn inside i just like their team and uh i i think they have the talent to like i said it's going to be a tough path but i i just i don't really like brad underwood um <laughs> we should just go down i don't i don't like this coach and i don't like this coach um, you know but i'll i'll tell you cuz you'll have to help me out here but He's had tournament success. Wasn't it Stephen F. Austin a number of years ago that kind of put him on the map? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been there. He's done that. Obviously not at a big program with such high expectations, but but he's had a taste, and you know he he knows what he's doing. He'll he'll have him ready to go. Okay, so I, I'm looking on DraftKings. The uh, they have by conference the odds of the conference winning the the tournament. Uh, the tournament Big Twelve is at plus one hundred. The Big Ten is right behind at plus one hundred five, so the, they must be banking on Baylor and uh, Baylor, Texas, and Oklahoma State um, as as one of those. Yeah, I guess Kansas as well. I keep overlooking Kansas, um, but that that conference is favored to win the title in the Big Ten second. Um, gosh, if you get if anyone listening, go on DraftKings. There's all kinds of awesome weird props in. Uh, on that sports book, it's 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 really fun to kind of look through. Um, well, hopefully we've we've helped you out if if you're listening for some picks um, for the first round, and then also some long term picks, some final four picks, um, some dark horses. Um, this should be fun, uh, Nathan. I almost I almost called you Nate, and then I yeah I combined your name. Uh, I appreciate you uh, joining me. It's good to catch up. I hope we have a heck of a tournament. It should be fun to watch. I cannot wait. I'm I am so excited. We we I said it's been it's been two years. So I I am I am beyond beyond pumped for this. Uh, your best bet on Instagram. Your best bet on Facebook. Um, we have one more show this week. Um, I'm excited about that one. Enjoy the tournament this weekend, and we should have maybe an update show on the Sweet 16 next weekend. Keep following us. Keep Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.